Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Dear listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, I am Melissa, and that's who you're going to get today, because it's just me. Uh, Dear listeners, we are uh, recording from Fantastic Fest 2023 and have been for the last several days, and this is the day I bring you tales from what I saw at the festival during day five. Now, uh, I'm not sure how this recording this recording will turn out. I am in my car, parked on the street somewhere in North Austin. It's three in the morning on day five, and I hadn't recorded anything over the through the day because at this point everybody is tired. My housemates, uh, including Barb and Heidi, who uh, have been recording with us prior this week, they are waking up after I leave in the morning and going to sleep well before. They are skipping like the first and last time slots, whereas I am getting everything. I have been to every single screening slot at Fantastic Fest 2003 thus far. And let me tell you, kids, it ain't healthy. (laughs) I am so goddamn tired. My first movie is usually 11 a.m. Last one ends about 3 a.m. And then, you know, I have to get myself to and from the house and and uh, showered sleep sometime in there. And uh, yeah, so I'm really sleep deprived. I'm kind of punchy. I'm here in a car and I'm here with you. So welcome, dear listeners. Um, So the first thing I saw today Film number one was hashtag manhole. So pound sign manhole. Uh, that the more I say it, the uh, more inappropriate it sounds. But no, it's just a manhole, as in the thing in the street that's metal and keeps you from falling down inside the manhole. So what happens in manhole? This is a Japanese film. Uh... It starts out with a bachelor party where, uh, you know, the guy about to be married the next day has been surprised at this local, at this not so local bar uh, in an unfamiliar part of Tokyo. And all of his friends are there from the office and surprise, here's a bachelor party. And he's been drinking a lot. Bachelor party's over, he says goodbye to a few people, and then he's exceptionally drunk, walking through this uh, unfamiliar street, and whoop, he falls down a manhole. Once again, nothing sexy about this, it's just a manhole, and he zoop, down he goes. And it's an abandoned manhole, 
uh, and there's, you know, rocks down there and, and uh, you know, dead things. And uh, he has a compound fracture and the, the ladder is rusty and broken halfway up. He can't get out of the manhole. The entire movie pretty much takes place in the manhole. So this is one of those, uh, it's structured as one of those, you know, surprise, uh, survival movies, kind of like 127 hours where a person gets trapped and they must spend the entire running time of the movie trying to get out. And so this guy, uh, this fucking guy, uh, tries to get help. Nobody's answering their phone. Uh, he finally, he doesn't want to get the police involved for whatever reason, so he's calling all of his friends, and only one person picks up, who happens to be a next girlfriend and she, she is trying to find him, but he's nowhere near the GPS location that his phone is giving. Uh, there's, uh, he can't figure out where he is. Uh, he then, uh, creates a social media account on <laughs> Pecker, <laughs> you know, Twitter, it, it's Twitter, but it's, but it's not Pecker and my God, I so love that. Anyway, uh, so he posts on Pecker as uh, manhole girl because people want to help girls and he tries to get people interested in his plight to find him. And, you know, thus things, you know, hijinks ensue. And of course, when things, uh, he can't get a photo of where he is. It's in an abandoned area. Nobody's walking by. And just when you think things couldn't get worse, it starts raining. So it's that sort of movie. And uh, I'm a big admirer of these type of survival movies. They're a trope I enjoy. Um, this one does have a point where its third act just goes, turns like 90 degrees and goes running for the hills. And it, it goes unexpected places. And that is something I appreciate. It's also absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> and uh, whether you follow that turn or not is up to you. So, uh manhole. The second movie I'd like to cover with you, my fellow dear listeners, is a movie called Tiger Stripes. So uh, this is a Malaysian movie where it is basically the movie Ginger Snaps except Malaysian. Now, uh, if you have never seen Ginger Snaps, Ginger Snaps is a werewolf movie where... um, this young girl uh, has just hit her, uh, just hit puberty, and has just started to get her uh, her period, and uh, then starts turning into a werewolf. So you know, as a metaphor for those awkward teen years, and you know, finding your new body and personality, and things are going awkward and you don't know what to do. That is also the premise of Tiger Stripes. Now, the young girl, uh, the young Malaysian girl in Tiger Stripes is at a, uh, it lives in a remote village. Uh, She goes to a small girls school and uh, she has just gotten her period and 
she finds that she is starting to change. And it's not a werewolf story. It is, she's getting rashes on her, her, her arms, her fingernails are coming out. Um, her personality is changing and none of the other girls want to be around her because, you know, she's starting to smell different and she's being shunned by her classmates. And what she's starting to get are like tiger stripes on her arms and uh, she's starting to growl and go after animals. So kind of werewolfish. And uh, that the really interesting angle of this is that this is set in Malaysia and in this community that she is in, uh, the belief is still that uh, menstruation is dirty. You can't go to classes or prayer when you are menstruating and um, she's not getting any good information about what her body is doing. So there's that whole extra layer, that whole societal layer, which is making this really interesting. So uh, if that interests you, I recommend looking up Tiger Stripes. Now, the third movie that I uh, got into today was one called The Coffee Table. This is a Spanish language movie. I think it was made in Spain. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but the accents sounded Spanish. And uh, the premise is this uh, this couple, uh, slightly older, um, I don't think they're married, but long-time partnered couple, go furniture shopping. And the first scene is them talking to this salesman and with the two of them, the salesman, and their brand new, spanking new baby. And the salesman is trying to sell this ugly as fuck coffee table. It's like two, the, the, the legs are actually two nude women that are kind of art deco and, and uh, stretched back so that the glass of the coffee table rests on their elbows and you know it's painted gold and then there's of course the glass coffee table which is of course a great idea when you're when you've just had children the wife hates it it is ugly but the salesman is going strong and the the dad loves it so he buys the coffee table and brings the coffee table home and he's setting up the coffee table and the wife is about to go shopping because uh, his brother and his new girlfriend are coming over later. And so the wife goes out to shop. Man is home with the first time with the baby and his coffee table. And uh, this is this is all in like the first 15 minutes. So minor spoiler, but uh, he's he's. Trying to calm the baby. Baby's crying. He's doing his best. And uh, we don't actually see this happen. We're just kind of seeing him pass back and forth in front of a doorway or behind a doorway as he's trying to calm the baby. You hear somebody fall and the coffee table glass shatters. And instantly the baby has stopped crying. In fact, the baby is quite dead the coffee table has killed the baby. So, um, dear listeners, there are always, um, 
themes that emerge during each year at Fantastic Fest. And they're different themes every year, uh, except a couple of them that are just very common, like dead dogs. Dead dogs are always common at, at Fantastic Fest movies because uh, that's just a horror movie trope that sh shows up all the fucking time. Uh, this year, one of the trends, one of the uh, themes, the unintentional themes is dead babies. I have seen a lot of dead babies this year. Uh, thank you, Fantastic Fest. So, uh... Baby is dead. Wife's coming home. What's going to happen? And so it's... It's a comedy. But it is also treated very dramatically. It is a black, pitch black comedy. So, uh, yeah. That might not be your thing depending on how you feel about dead babies. I'm not a mother. Uh, I'm okay with dead babies, not in real life, but, you know, I, I can handle dead babies in, uh, in movies. Dead dogs less so, but dead babies, this one's got a dead baby. Just saying. Um, yeah, if you want to see a really ugly coffee table, seek out this movie. Next, I saw movie number four, which is Property. Now, Property was really, really solid. Uh, quite good. So this is a Brazilian movie where the setup is there is a woman who uh, in the very first shot of the movie is being held hostage uh, on the street and the cops are trying to talk down the, the guy who has taken her hostage and eventually a, a sniper shoots him in the head, kills him, and then saves a woman. Uh, flash forward, the woman, it, it's, it's been some time, the woman is at home, she clearly has PTSD, she has issues with going outside, interacting with people. The husband has come home with a brand new car that is fully armored, it, it's, in, it's a black SUV, but he's had it armored, it's got bulletproof glass. And, uh, he, he and she are going to move to, out of their city-based penthouse to his estate out in the country. And so they drive out there and just before they arrive, the foreman of this estate, uh, has gone and told the 30-some-odd farmers who work the plantation that they're being laid off because the the husband has so is working on selling off the property to build a hotel. And so these people, these these farmers who have worked the land for like 30 years and have lived on that land rent-free 30, they're essentially sharecroppers. Uh, they have lived all that time on that land. They have, younger people have grown up there, um, but suddenly they're uh, they're going to be paid off. They're going to be given back their papers, uh, their proof of employment, and they got to go find somewhere else to live. And they don't like that. So uh, they ransack the house. Uh, they're in the process of trying to open the safe. Uh, the, the man and the wife arrives. The, they go in and 
things go sideways. So the people uh, nab the husband. The wife manages to get to the car and latch herself in the car. Uh, the husband is, is being tormented for the uh, combination of the safe, which they can't get into. The wife is um, trying to trying to get the car started and can't because it's a voice it's got like voice activation on it and she doesn't know how to run it yet because it's a brand new car she has just seen it and so on and so forth so the the structure is this is part home invasion and part like single single location um um survival movie where you've got the home invasion part happening with the estate and then you've got the wife stuck in the vehicle which is bulletproof and they can't get in but she also can't get out so that is the premise and it goes from there and of course things go wildly awry and uh but the the thing that really makes this work is this film is very good at portraying the 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 life and concerns of these very angry farmers who are uh, being told they have nowhere else to be um and uh yeah it's it's a rich versus poor it's a uh it, it's very much of the times so uh that one i really do highly recommend and finally the last thing i saw tonight was a movie called The Invisible Fight. And this one uh, was played during the first half of the festival, catching it now in the in the second half. Uh, people who saw it in the first half, half of the festival loved it. And now I've seen it and I loved it. So, dear listeners, this is a movie that was made by, I think, Finnish? Uh, mostly a Finnish team, but... Um, it is a martial arts movie that's set in Eastern Europe during, uh, the USSR years where, <laughs> where the, the, the Kung Fu monks are Eastern Orthodox, uh, Christians. <laughs> They're monks. And so... So there's also, oh God, how do I explain this? Okay, so we start out with a trio of Kung Fu Chinese, uh, uh, a, a trio of Kung Fu Chinese uh, uh, militants at the USSR-China border who are, have are assail, assailing the uh, Soviet outpost and with with like nunchaku and one boombox that is blasting Black Sabbath, and it's like wuxia kung fu plus Soviet era aesthetics, and uh, they they take over the the compound, and there's one guy where they go you're okay, and they give him nunchucks. Flash forward, he has become nuts for both kung fu and heavy metal, and amen to that. So uh, he is back in uh, Eastern Europe. He lives with his mom, and he is big about his new persona as kung fu metalhead. 
And so he he makes a pilgrimage to the local monks who are Eastern Orthodox monks, Kung Fu monks, mind you. And uh, he decides he wants to become a monk. And so it's about his training as uh, Eastern Orthodox uh, Kung Fu monk. It's hilarious. It is really... The, the fight choreography is wild. It's really fun. It's uh, it's really goofy at points, but it's got great visuals. Um, and um, it's, it's very, very Christian. Because, uh, you know, they're, they're teaching, like, uh, 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 the, the Eastern Orthodox Christianity along with these Kung Fu lessons. So it's, uh, it's quite delightful, actually. I mean, I, I don't have much truck with Christianity and never have, but it's the, it's the brand of Christianity of the, you know, be humble before the Lord and, uh, be, be kind and serve the beggars and the, you know, the blessed or the meek sort of thing. So, uh, that's all good. And, uh, comes with kung fu so there you are uh invisible fight uh is getting a lot of traction at the festival and i'm sure it'll be released at some point soon so those are the movies i saw today and uh i will be seeing more tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that so uh, tomorrow, we will be back with Tales from Day 6. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Bye-bye! Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com. Follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Thank you.